Welcome to the Jesus Said Love podcast. This is a space where we talk about what it means to awaken hope and empower change. Listen, for over a decade, Em and I have been fostering relationships with men and women who've been impacted by the commercial sex industry. And it's through those relationships that Jesus Said Love was born. We figured it was time to talk about what this ministry has taught us and is still teaching us along the way. I promise it's going to be a place of conversation and story. And we hope you learn something new. Maybe you see something in a new way. Fun fact, you're going to hear music because Brett and I are musicians. Yep. We can't just talk. Nope. we got to sing and play too. We do. Here's the deal, guys. Our hope is that as you hear these stories, that you'll tap into your own story and that you'll be encouraged to live and love well like Jesus. Hey, Emily. Hey, Brett. I'm back. You're back and you're talking. I am. Have I not been talking? Well, you've been on a silent retreat. Oh, right. Like I haven't, I haven't been able to call you or text you, mm. though I did hear y'all may have looked at Instagram while, we were, yeah. while you were gone. Did that make you feel just like a loss of control or something? Do you not like it? I just, I, it's not about control. Like you, you may say it is, but it's not. It's just, I like being connected to you. And not to control you, not to, why are you laughing? Because it's so smothering sometimes. I know, but it's just, <laughs> I don't know. I know. It's, it's so, you really honored it. I mean, you've, you've gotten so good. No, I have, I have, but I have to plan my weekend out. I had guys night over. We watched yeah. Scream 3. and yeah, which would have never probably happened if I were there. Nope. So see how much nope. fun you had? Get out of the roost. Went to celebration. Yeah, that's a thing here in our city. It so is. that was fun. Yep, so fun. Then we didn't go to church because because I wasn't there. You weren't see? here. And you didn't make us go. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a Baylor won, the Astros won, and going to the world. I mean, it was just a perfect weekend. It sounds like I should get away more often. No, no, <laughs> maybe once a year. But I'm glad you're back. You're hilarious. I'm glad you're back, and I'm glad you came back when you did, because there was a tornado last night that was right through the path where you were driving. Yeah, I got to see the beautiful clouds. I just had no idea what was brewing um, until I had got home. So yeah, lots of prayers for our Dallas friends and checked on all of them. And thankfully, I I don't know, none of of our people, including some of the survivors and women we work with, were harmed, but we were up and on the phone with them um, last night. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm back from St. Scholastica in Fort Smith, Arkansas. It was my second time to be there and uh, for a silent retreat, which I didn't know was silent when I signed up for so you it. You mean the very first time you didn't know? And I didn't know this time. Oh, so you got sidetracked twice. <laughs> yes, I got, yeah, slammed by the silence. Um Yeah, my friend Anna Martin, who is going to be joining us on the podcast. So I do want to set that up before you dive into. Oh, she is. Yeah, she is. um, You know, it's like I'm. I'm kind of like the Oprah, and she's the Gail. That's what we kept joking about. It was like I wanted her to be on this interview with me, and she was like, "No," and I said, "No," because you're the one who introduced me to Sister Macrina for my 40th birthday, Anna. Um, one of my very best friends and soul sisters from Fayetteville, Arkansas, she uh, gave me seven sacred pauses. So if you don't know Macrina Whitaker, she is an author, she is a monk or nun, um, and she has devoted her life to the monastic way, um, to the, you know, she's a Benedictine monk. So she's a monk? 
yeah, she considers herself a monk. So I kept calling her a nun, and she said, I'm really more of a monk. And Did so she goes. What the difference was? She goes into the, a oh, little bit of that. that. Yeah, but Anna introduced me to her work, and she uh, writes this incredible book called Seven Sacred Pauses, and it's about honoring kind of the moment seven times throughout the day in these really sacred ways, and kind of calling forth on the kind of the divine energy of what God has through each um, moment, these seven times throughout the day. So she signs me up and says, Emily, for your 40th birthday, like, wouldn't it be great to go learn firsthand from Sister Macrina in Fort Smith? And I was like, oh man, that sounds great. So we sign up. It was my 40th kind of birthday time and we get there and it's like, hey, you're going to be quiet for three days. And uh, so anyway, it was a, a beautiful experience. I was totally addicted. I was totally hooked. It, it was transformative. And so Anna said, oh, she's doing another one. So let's sign up again. And it's about her new book, The Flowing Grace of Now. So it's all about being present. Let's go do it. So we sign up. The day before I leave, she says, Emily, it's another silent retreat. <laughs> so, I just... And but, then, then you get home and you tell me, hey, babe, they're doing one out on the coast of one. California. And it's seven days. Do you want to go? Mm-hmm. I'm not there. I know. It's okay. But I do think whether or not that sounds appealing to you or not, I think there's something for everybody to learn in our conversation because our world is full of noise. And even upon my return, I was bombarded by things that were going on between that had been said about Beth Moore, John MacArthur. There's noise in the channel with the human trafficking, um, full decriminalization of prostitution and sex buying in Washington, D.C. right now. So there's a ton of information coming at me. Literally, as I'm like driving in, I'm getting like phone calls. It's big stuff that requires heart and gut level wisdom. I mean, it requires thought and intellect for sure, but it requires a um, an embodied response to humanity. And so I'm just, I'm loaded. I'm so thankful I had that weekend because, wow, the world is very noisy and there's noise on all sides of the channel. And so I think all of us can learn how to incorporate a little bit of silence so that our words actually carry more weight. And I think that the way forward... Sister Macrina has a lot to teach us, so I hope you enjoy this conversation. I got into this um, journey, like I just said, a little bit later, but I think there are so many misconceptions about what a nun is. And you're the first nun I've ever met, and you you broke every conception (laughs) I had. That's so true. Um, Your humor and probably your your down-to-earth, and I will also say just the openness with which you received... Anna and I. So mm-hmm. for those for those who are listeners, I do have to say, we are at St. Scholastica um, Monastery in Fort Smith, Arkansas. And I'm here with my dear friend, Anna Martin, and my new dear guide, Macrina, <laughs> Sister Macrina Whitaker, um, who's an author and a, a beautiful contemplative, uh, a true mystic, uh-huh. we would say. Uh-huh. And modern day. Modern day. A modern day <laughs> mystic. And so... The conversation that I really wanted to invite our listeners into is really this practice of silence. So the the funny thing is that we had no clue a year and a half ago that we were coming to a silent retreat. We were just excited, Anna and I, to 
get to see each other mm-hmm. and to do a retreat with you because we love the book Seven Sacred Pauses. You gave it to me for my 40th birthday. And so we said, okay, let's go, you know, and then we find out maybe the day before. Oh, it's silent. When we it's got silent. The, uh, the schedule and it said it was silent, we were like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? So we met. <laughs> each other maybe once a year oh, of course so we met at the little yeah. coffee shop in fort smith and got out all of our sweet bay catching up what was it uh fort smith coffee company oh yeah okay. it's really cute have you been to that one no is it down on garrison um, well that I doesn't think so. matter yeah. i'll check it out yeah um and so we met there and talked mm. but but wow like what it was transformative that weekend I I felt like I was here a month and I was only here three days. Can you pinpoint what about it was transforming? Of course, that's kind of long ago now. No, I I think I can pinpoint. I think that um, I had I had already begun doing some work, some interior mm-hmm. work, and so I'd gotten familiar with um, the Enneagram, and so I don't know if you're familiar. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm a four. I'm a one. <laughs> I'm a one. <laughs> And so um, I think I'd already begun dealing with resentments mm-hmm. and, and being accepting. And then, of course, I joined my Al-Anon group. And that led me through the 12 steps, which is a very contemplative, if oh, you yeah. take it. But Absolutely. you have to be gentle with it. Yeah. You know, so my sponsor will say, Al-Anon is a gentle program. I want you to be gentle with this. And, of course, I just... I wanted to beat myself over the head oh, with the yeah. steps and conquer it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hurry, hurry. That was and something hurry. we talked about this yeah, weekend. Yeah. Hurry and finish. So I know yeah. what was so transformative is it was a culmination. Mm-hmm. I'd kind of been uh, posturing and, and doing these practices, but I had not been quiet. Mm-hmm. And so it was like all of this stuff that was in my head and in my heart and knowledge just got to settle in and it was really really powerful in fact that's that weekend is was widen your hearts that was the scripture you gave me widen your hearts widen your hearts and you kept talking about the wide space and love being so wide and um and that was when the book a space for love was born so I started working on a book Mm -hmm. when I got back Mm -hmm. um and it's just been a beautiful process. So I think for me and for those who are listening um, who may not be familiar with what silence is all about, I wanted you to tell us. Um, we, and we've just had another weekend where we weren't as silent quite as long. Mm-mm. Yeah, no, but it was man, a shorter. But it was, it's always just a gift that un- unravels when you enter into it. So maybe you could just we can start just by talking about why is silence so important? Um, well, you know, I, I don't know if you remember if this was happened in your home, but many people use silence for children as mm-hmm. a punishment. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're sent to their room, you know, to be quiet, mm-hmm. or, or, or they're put in a corner, which is terrible, but, right. you know, they are. Right. Uh, but um, I... I have come to realize silence is a gift, mm-hmm. and I really look at silence totally as a gift, mm-hmm. um, because it's you. If if you are talking constantly, <laughs> um, you know who 
there's no listening. Yeah. There's no listening in our rule. The one line that I just love in the rule of St. Benedict is, you know, listen with the ear of your heart. Mm -hmm. And St. Paul says, see, you know, also with the eyes Mm -hmm. of uh, of your soul. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, I think if you really want to learn, even if you want to get to know another person, there has to be those moments of the, the I call them pauses, mm-hmm. those pauses, the spaces in between the words. Right. So well, this is new, too. Yeah. When I was young, I used to, just in fun, type, type. It was the typing days. I would type a letter and not press the space bar. Mm-hmm. And then they can figure it out. It's a code. They can read it. But it doesn't, it's, it's, it's laborious. Mm-hmm. It's difficult. Mm-hmm. So the pressing the, so I've got to thinking how precious is the space between the words is what makes the, the words meaningful. Mm-hmm. That's where you get the message mm-hmm. because you need the space. And it's the same way with, uh, not just in reading, but it's the same way with talking. Mm-hmm. If, if, if we're talking, okay, there's no, there's no space in between. We can't, so there's no listening. Um, I, um, you know, I, I, I consider space Silence. I think of a little cave, I guess, or mm. you know, some a place where you 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 can go um, just to be alone, and and you have to deal with your loneliness because many times when pe- that's one reason why people struggle with silence. Um, there's kind of a loneliness that arises. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, what now? If you don't like yourself very much, you're certainly not going to be be there with nothing happening you know, you're not filling it up with words so words is sometimes really an escape yes uh, anything just think about it an artist or artist or songwriter a writer it all comes out of our silence if we never have any silence we have nothing to be born it's like we're just babbling mm. a babbling brook I do think one of the things you said about the silence and this just came to me, and I, I'm pretty sure because I've said it before, I, I kept it with me over and over again. As you said, I want you to, to remember when the silence feels too great during this weekend, remember you begin at Beloved. Mm-hmm. And you, you talked about the ground of your being. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. The ground of your being. Was that Merton? That, well, you know, that's a lot of writers and you know he certainly speaks of the ground mm-hmm. of your being but a lot of writers have used that term the mm-hmm. ground of your being the soil mm-hmm. you know the seed falls i come from farm country so mm-hmm. uh, the land is is very precious mm-hmm. and when you sow the seed you know the seed you have is there's that waiting mm-hmm. you know this, you don't sow the seed and it just comes up the next day no, there's a waiting, the same thing in our lives. As we try to learn and, you know, read and listen, the fruits of our listening and the fruits of our silence don't show up immediately. Mm-hmm. It, this is something that needs to become a practice in mm-hmm. people's lives. And um, that's a very important word in the, in the Christian life. Mm-hmm. We need to practice silence. Mm-hmm. And, and, well, and that doesn't mean just for one day. <coughs> we, we need to be able to practice it every day. But we have to be patient with ourselves because we don't always have that kind of time. Yeah. You know, and sometimes there, there will be maybe long periods where we, we know we've been just going uh, hurry, 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 and there's no stopping. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, 
the silence in any monastic life, in the monastic tradition, mm-hmm. uh, see, strictly speaking, I probably am a monk more than a nun, but okay. people always think of, of men being yeah. monks. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, there's the monastic life and the apostolic life. Okay. And the apostolic is uh, usually found, those communities are founded for some particular work. Okay. Like maybe it's hospital ministry, maybe it's teaching, maybe it's social justice, you know, okay. working with the poor. And it doesn't mean that we might not do any of those, but we are we exist first of all to be a praying community. Mm. We live together. We learn to be silent together at certain times, mm. and uh, and then we we discern, you know, out of our shared and meeting for prayer, uh, mm-hmm. like three times a day. Mm-hmm. We don't meet seven times a day, but but. We still honor those seven pauses that mm-hmm. I wrote about in mm-hmm. Seven Sacred Pauses. Mm-hmm. So uh, that meeting is important. And out of that, out of our living together and playing together, mm-hmm. and um, w- ministries do flow. Mm-hmm. You know, we we teach. You know, there might not be a lot of us now because maybe there's one or two people teaching. We teach, and there's some counselors and. Um, I do retreat ministry, and mm-hmm. I'm a writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some that, uh, but it all flows. Our first ministry is monastic mm-hmm. life. It's mm-hmm. living together in community. Mm-hmm. And, and you've had some quite some practice at this. Uh, 60 years. 60 years. Yeah. Here? Uh, well, it wasn't all here. See, the monastery is where we actually, now, many sisters lived here. But in, in, in Fort Smith, in, the, in this yes, community? Yes, in Fort Smith. Okay. But I was, uh, I also, I worked in uh, Kansas City. Okay. I worked in Ada, Oklahoma, with uh-huh. teaching. Okay. Oh. At that time, I was teaching grade okay. school, and okay. then when I then uh, I got more into religious ed- uh-huh. education, spiritual formation work. When I was in uh, Fayetteville, uh-huh. Arkansas, I was doing campus ministry, and uh, and that was pretty interesting. You know, yeah. working with young people whose their retreats are very different. There's not much silence mm. there. And so I would try to bring, but I would try to bring a little understanding of, you know, some silence. It would, it would be, in, and, and that's only right, mm-hmm. you know, in small doses. Because you, uh, if you're an ex, it's a misnomer that extroverts don't long for silence. That's true. Because there's extroverts, I know, that really do long for silence. Mm-hmm. Just like sometimes introverts wish they could, you know, mm-hmm. reach out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And and they, they may be introverts, but that doesn't mean they're totally comfortable with the kind of silence mm-hmm. they're in. But uh, I just think that if you live life, you, you know, if you can't... Um, if you can't find the time for a contemplation, which actually comes from a word which means the te- the word temple mm-hmm. is in contemplation, oh, you know, to yeah. to ponder God within the temple. Mm-hmm. There's a verse from Scripture somewhere that says mm-hmm. something within your temple, mm-hmm. Lord. I ponder your mm-hmm. glory. Or, um, so the we go within the temple of ourselves, mm-hmm. and uh, loving ourselves is very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think. Um, that's a struggle for many people to love themselves because you don't wait to love yourself until you're perfect or until mm-hmm. you're good or uh, you, you know you. That's why I talk so much about what I talk a lot about in this retreat was when we had a picnic, for example, mm-hmm. this visionary picnic of all the parts of ourselves that we like and the parts that we don't like, and uh, you know the. So you bring to this moment, you, you, 
you bring your anger and your hate and your fear and you bring your love and your longing and your hope. You bring everything. And you, you can't make friends with each other mm-hmm. unless you somehow start in silence. Mm-hmm. So probably the best thing when you get your picnic together, <laughs> visionary picnic, would be simply to sit in silence and look at each other. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Well, it, and it leads me to the next thing that I love so much about this this way that you offer us is curiosity. Because if we aren't willing to be curious about what we meet in the silence, then we really it's almost overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if if I can't work with my anxiety, if I can't explore a little bit where he came from and how he got there and or my enemy the the scripture passage yeah. in Luke you know that you said I, I want you over this weekend to your teacher is your potential to love yeah. your enemy and so if I can't get curious about what's been blocking my love mm-hmm. what is it about this person that so that curiosity piece talk a little about that well and I, I have always loved to pray with questions. <laughs> and when I say I pray with questions, I don't necessarily mean they're questions that I, that I answer. Because sometimes, you, sometimes they can't be answered immediately. Mm-hmm. You don't know because you grow into that question and you grow into the answer. But the uh, thing about curi- your potential to love, even that ought to pro- bring up some curiosity mm-hmm. about how do sometimes I look at some of the saints and some of the people who are martyrs for their faith, and I think, how do they get there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> how could they do that? I don't know if I could do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy to talk mm-hmm. if if you have a tongue and you know an imagination. <laughs> you can you you can talk, but it's not as easy to live it. Mm-hmm. So, the, but you know, I kept saying this weekend come approach a poem approach a scripture passage approach a person with your whole being Mm -hmm. now I can say that but what's that really mean Mm -hmm. and uh, speaking of curiosity you know you approach something because you want to know more about it Mm -hmm. Uh, so first of all uh, to approach uh, the distractions that come into our lives I don't can't tell you totally what to do with those distractions, but they're not helpful mm-hmm. if I'm trying to be totally present. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm trying to be totally present to you, or I'm try, trying to be totally present to a moment in prayer where I ask myself a significant question, like, uh, "Why do you judge this person? Is this helpful to you or to them?" Well, obviously, no. It's not helpful mm-hmm. to either one of us. So, uh, but that's a kind of curiosity. Mm-hmm. Like, how could I change this behavior in my life? Mm-hmm. Uh, because there's always something. There's always a, a depth that I'm being called to that's mm-hmm. deeper than where I am right now. Mm-hmm. So, um, that I don't know. If I'm totally answered your question about curiosity, curiosity, uh, like I mentioned about Herod, you know where? Yes, I loved um, this. We talked about this well, he, yes. you know, this it's like Herod was so <clears throat> fearful 
and he kept building these fortresses for protection. But it, there was a line, and I can't remember the scripture passage, but um, there's a line, you know, in scripture where he said, uh, you know, it said, and and he uh, and he wanted to know more about Jesus. So he was kind of curious. He wanted to see him, mm-hmm. but he was cu- he wasn't curious in a way that brought life. Yes, because. Uh, it might have been that he and Jesus could have been friends, mm-hmm. but he was curious in a fearful way. Mm-hmm. He wanted to know, well, you know what? And so uh, his curiosity did not lead him to grace, but really to, to, to downfall. And just he just stayed in his fear. Mm-hmm. And he was asking more questions probably about Jesus than he was to himself. Yeah. You know, he, he was concerned about power. Herod was concerned about who who is this Jesus that yeah. you know where where does he come from what what is all this going on because it was a distraction to Herod's own power yeah you know and so yeah he was the threat the lust the envy you know um, I I don't yeah. think Herod was but cu- curiosity um, we need we need to look at curiosity uh, a little deeper than just you know, nosing in someone else's business. <laughs> you know, that's what it sounds. And sometimes it can be that. Mm-hmm. But, but sometimes, but I'm, I'm talking about, was talking about kind of a holy curiosity. Yes. It's, it's something about learning and growing that I, uh, it, it has to do with my desire for guides, for a special guide. You know, I've always... I've kind of always had that, but this book came out of my yes. my desire for guidance and knowing that I I don't have all the answers and you know um, how how you can learn from everyone right. and that's so uh, that's so powerful mm-hmm. that the, uh, but am I open yeah or do I um, you know if I talk too much I'll have to explain this this is something that'll share a little bit about community <laughs> I can get very animated mm-hmm. and get carried away. <laughs> And uh, one day, uh, someone in my community, this was a long time ago, said to me, you know, uh, I think you, uh, I think maybe you're talking too much at the table, you know. <laughs> you, you, you know, there's, uh, and, you know, and, and sometimes I can't. Yeah. So then I went through this period where I was really, really trying not, <laughs> Over- to, not to talk. Uh-huh. And then I thought, thought well, you silly what you need to do is focus on listening. Mm. Don't focus on not talking. Mm. Focus mm-hmm. on listening. And isn't that the same way in prayer? Mm-hmm. When we try to be silent? Instead of focusing on not talking, <laughs> not thinking. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, just focus on just listening or allowing the divine presence to flow through you. Yes. What do you, how do you deal with distractions, though? Well, because that's uh, hard. Even when we're silent, we're it, yes. And, and the first thing is, I think it's really important is not to just not to if you just spend a lot of time trying to get rid of the distraction, <laughs> mm-hmm. then you just have another distraction, mm-hmm. right. the distraction of trying to get rid of the distraction. Oh. So uh, what I have found is that if I can find a way to embrace. The distraction. Say I'm trying to, to um, just be silent and and let God <laughs> shelter me and flow through me and be with me, and not think about that even. Just just kind of enjoy it. Enjoy the moment of being mm-hmm. with God. Well, um, 
And then into my moment of trying, I remember, oh, you didn't call um, Judy. You were supposed to call her yesterday at 2 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> or it could be something else. It could be something about... Oh, the birds. You're talking about the birds today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the birds or something. But anyway, um, the what I reach out, I kind of reach out actually with my hands and and will take try to take that distraction or that person and actually hold it to my heart. Mm-hmm. It's like I hold it a moment, but then I let it go again. I said I want to come back to you, but that's not where I am now. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so you kind of really you hold it. And I actually, it. I actually mm-hmm. with my hands will uh-huh. will come. That that's acknowledging the distraction mm-hmm. that it's there. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does it make does. sense. Yeah, it's a good. But practice. then, so so in a in a moment, in a way, I am distracted. You know, I, I do get away from the what I'm tr- the prayer I'm trying to be. Mm. But then, I'll release it again and just go back to my breath. My mm-hmm. breath helps yes. too mm-hmm. in, in yes. a prayer. Remembering your breath is the breath of God, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it's like St. Mechtiel says in trying to teach us not to be afraid of death. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, do not fear your death, for when that moment comes, I will draw my breath. I will mm-hmm. simply draw my breath, mm-hmm. and your breath mm-hmm. will come to me like a needle to a magnet. Mm-hmm. Now, I used that when sister, our sister Ginger was dying, mm-hmm. and actually told her, I said, you know, What's happening is God is drawing the breath you were given at birth, the divine breath. God is drawing that breath back into the divine heart, divine head, divine being. And think how related we're going to be when when you die. We're going to be kind of one. Yeah. I know. It's just, it's so helpful when you... um, when you watch someone take their last breath, yeah, yeah. it's. I know. I've really been with only one person, my my aunt, really. Mm-hmm. When when she well, and, and I wasn't there when Ginger died, but I I was there, you know, mm-hmm. shortly before, and and was just talking to her about the breath. But the breath has been very important to me because I believe this breath is a borrowed breath. Yeah, it's borrowed from God. And uh, if you really think about that, what that does that does to us as a community Uh how close it makes we have the same breath right Mm -hmm. we don't think of those things Mm -mm. no god's (laughs) breath but again uh, sometimes we don't think of those things because we're too busy talking about things (laughs) (laughs) and arguing yeah (laughs) so uh, so the more the more we can pray and ponder out of our silence now when i try to write uh, and I'm, my next book is going to be really my monastic book. Mm. Mm. I, I'm going to try to write on the the the, the gifts mm. of the monastic life because they're for everyone, even though yeah. they're for us, but they're not just for us. I mean, they're for everybody. Because what's uh-huh. that? You always say there's a monk inside of all. Oh yeah, of us. there's a little monk uh-huh. inside everybody. The monk <laughs> is kind of an archetype uh-huh. for um, everything within us that uh, longs for God. Everything within us that seeks mm. God. Uh, and so yes, there's that that aspect of it. So maybe when you're sitting, when you're trying to find some time for your silence, you know, you might just say, you know, I gotta have my monk time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because a monk, 
a monk, and you can include a nun, I mean, I'm talking about someone who lives the monastic life, who lives under a rule and a prioress and usually lives in community. Mm -hmm. Now, we go out sometimes and do things, too. But basically, the community is really important. And uh, I say a monk without silence is deadly. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're all deadly without silence. <laughs> deadly, I mean, you know, it's like it's just a contradiction for a monk because right. you think of, you know, not that they're just silent, but uh, you you think of, of I guess the, one of the reasons I entered the community to begin with was silence and joy. Hmm. And uh, si- not that I liked silence at that time, but I was... How old were you? I was, would you believe, a 17. <gasps> wow. Well, because it was my year in high school. We Today, we don't enter that early, you know. Okay. Wow. But uh, so that was, yeah, very... So naturally, if you enter that early, then you're going to have, you know, some struggles along the way. You know, sure. Because you go through your, uh, you know, you're not totally, your adolescent period where yeah. you're asking the hard questions. Oh, yeah. And feeling all sorts of things, and you wonder, wow. have I you know, done the right thing? Mm-hmm. So I think that you make your decision to be a monastic, not necessarily when you enter, mm. but later on down the road. Mm-hmm. When you decide, oh, this is where God did call me, even though I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Who knows what they're doing when they get married? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're really. <laughs> so, so we find our answers yeah. along the way. We, we find do. the way on the way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I, that is a good I, word. Mm-hmm. Something I wanted to... Oh, you're, silence and joy. Yes. Oh, silence and joy. joy. So when I look, the community in those days had a lot more silence than we do today. I mean, today I, I, we do have silence, and we try to honor periods of silence. And we even have to tell our employees, remember in the morning, we're, we're, we're silent. We don't get up yeah, talking bouncing. and chattering and uh-huh. um, playing I like to live this way as well. radio. <laughs> I like to be silent in the morning as well, but my family doesn't quite understand yeah. it. Oh, sure. <laughs> We don't have little kids running around, <laughs> but we have big kids because there's a little, you know, there's a, sure. we're all just kind of, there's a, a children, there's a part of the child in all of us, and, um, but ordinarily we don't get up, you know, being noisy, and at the night too, we try to, uh, we try to bring silence mm-hmm. to our night. Now look at our world. Is right. there any silence there? Mm-hmm. No. Um, but... Um, you have to seek out silence. There's not, you're not going to find silence unless you seek it out. Hmm. And uh, so the silence uh, mystified me mm. as, a child, as a young person. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was just kind of, oh, I couldn't believe it. But on the <laughs> other hand, uh, monastic people are usually very in touch with feast days and saints. Mm. And, uh, you know, the, the saints... Are, are people just like us, really? Mm. Uh, who, but somehow they've been proclaimed. You know, there's a lot of saints that have been proclaimed as saints. But mm-hmm. so, so because of the feast days, when they were really silent, then when they feasted, they really feasted, and there was a lot of joy. It seemed mm. like. So I, I saw that joy when I was in the academy. Okay. Here, I was in the academy here. So I oh, saw, wow. I, I saw the sisters, and I saw that silence, but then I saw that joy. Uh. 
and laughter, and uh, it's like they could really fast, and but then they could really feast. Right. Yeah. And like so, the kind of balancing the fast yeah. and the feast, and we need to do that in our lives. Mm-hmm. And so the, yeah, the joy and 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 the silence mm. uh, attracted me. So you went to school here. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Right now, now I went to school in that building, right. of course, the, uh, the big monastery. Like high school or how long? High school. You? Okay. High school. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so. did you always, because when you talk about your life, I mean, I, and I've only heard you a couple of times kind of tell stories a little bit about, you know, your your attunement to nature, mm-hmm. you know, that that, that kind of comes up when you talk about your childhood right. and things. Or well, we had a, you know, we lived in a very small house mm-hmm. and we, uh, I mean, we had eight children, but most of them were gone. I mean, some were gone by the time I came along. So it doesn't mean we, they were all in the house together, but we didn't have a lot of private space. Mm-hmm. So my private space became the woods, the forests mm-hmm. and the cornfields, mm-hmm. cornfields, especially there's something about how it grows up high and you you could make little houses underneath mm-hmm. and it was like that was my cave mm-hmm. that was my place of silence that's where I would go and sometimes ride on the corn leaves and mm-hmm. di- but just sit there you know it was like it was something that was my space because we shared rooms you know in 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 the my, I mean in the um, family you know mm-hmm. we, we didn't have any, there was no such thing as a private room right so you couldn't hide diaries or something. They're just one name place. <laughs> so, so that's just kind of how I started. And I and I do think you know I still think today, and I think the world is is learning that today. <coughs> there's so much. There's so much. Uh, nature is medicinal. It mm-hmm. is. There's it's medicine, yeah. and the trees we don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was telling you about that book, The Hidden Life of Trees. Mm-hmm. Just. Um, you read that? I haven't, that, but it's on the list now. Well, it's not a novel, you know. It's, it's right. not a novel, but it's and it's a, but it does tell you so much about how little we know mm-hmm. about how nature helps us mm-hmm. and the whole root system of trees, yeah. touching mm-hmm. each other and and you know supporting each mm-hmm. other sometimes and uh, keeping each other from falling down mm-hmm. in the winds. Well, we do that too for mm-hmm. ourselves. Mm-hmm. So we need a root system. We yes. need a tribe. Yes, that, that we that understands us, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, uh, very good to learn how to practice would be to learn how to keep silence with friends, mm-hmm. friends who want to try silence, uh, just to get together and sit in silence for a little while, play something like the, the little song, the, the little song that I played, you know, into your hands. You yeah. know, just imagine mm-hmm. putting yourself into God's hands. Mm-hmm. And just sitting in silence together. Mm-hmm. See, there's a little group of us, and, and, and we need to do more, maybe little things like even playing something at the beginning. I th- think I mentioned that because of all the pain and violence yeah. and turbulence yeah. in the world and the hate and the division. Mm-hmm. Inst- on Wednesdays, instead of watching the news, mm. we come together in a little space together and just sit quietly mm-hmm. and pray. Mm-hmm. We pray and we do have an opening verbal prayer, but then we just pray in silence. And the idea is just to send to let the love within us flow through us and into the world. Mm. Now, does anything change? You know, you look around and say, "Well, <laughs> doesn't look like it helped." Well, we can't we can't think we like know. that. Yeah. It might have helped us if nothing yeah. else, us to be less bitter ourselves or. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, 
We probably need to, each evening before we go to bed, is a, a good time. We are always encouraged to examine our conscience, mm-hmm. to, uh, to reflect on the day. And uh, one of the things uh, I used to um, want to try to get back to that, I would write down certain things that I wanted to, to like maybe one week would be, to, is there any bitterness in mm-hmm. my heart? Is there any mm-hmm. bitterness this week that I noticed? any just very obvious lack of hope mm. what am I displaying who am I missing mm. who am I not seeing in this community mm. those are those mm. are good questions you know, most of us have good questions in our, hidden in our hearts if we'll just stop and listen to them right. mm. yeah take the time mm-hmm. yeah so that kind of leads into you talk about this this retreat, we've talked a lot about the flowing grace, standing knee-deep in grace, and your new book is called The Flowing Grace of Now, and what it means to, to flow, to be in the flow of grace. And silence is definitely one of the ways that, that we can really sense and channel that energy of, of God's grace in our lives. Um, but tell us about who the teachers are, maybe, or what the premise of the book is. Um, talk a little bit about the book. Okay. <clears throat> the book did flow. Well, I'll use that word flow. <laughs> the book did flow out of my desire for guides in my life. And sometimes I can get a little modeling about that, you know, kind of, oh, you know, I want the perfect guide. Me too. But, <laughs> <laughs> and you're it right now. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, that's scary. I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no one, you know, no one can be that perfect guide. You know, Jesus is our guide. But right. the Jesus of history we read about, but it's the Christ of faith that we carry in our hearts. Mm-hmm. The Jesus, so um, the, the, um, Looking for guidance, I just been, I'm, I'm getting lost in what your question was, but um, looking. So my book did it. It did flow out of that desire mm. um, to be aware that I have many teachers that that I live with daily that I don't recognize. Mm. I have many teachers waiting out there to be met. And those teachers aren't all human beings, you know. They they may be uh, uh, they may be human beings. Maybe I can look around my community one day and say, you know, I need to use her as my teacher because I mm-hmm. see so much in her that I think would be helpful if I could take that into my life. So sometimes the teachers are people I know. Sometimes they're biblical characters or authors of books. But sometimes they're they're just they're my experiences. Mm-hmm. Maybe I have, uh, maybe I had an experience, an encounter with another person that was either beautiful, joyful, wonderful, or it could have been awful. <laughs> but either one of them can be a teacher. Like, what mm-hmm. made it joyful? What was it? I I want to hang on to that. Mm-hmm. Whatever it was that made it joyful and pleasant and good and uh, nurturing and teaching. Well. I, I'd like to know, and I usually I can tell what it is. But then, if it's if it was an awful encounter, <laughs> the same thing. Mm. What made it awful mm. was was my heart closed? Mm. Was my heart blocked to her? Uh, did she uh, did she bring up something you know that uh, 
that I did didn't do or uh, you know so what the way I look at that it, it, when someone criticizes us mm. you know maybe there's not much truth in their criticism maybe they were really off base on criticism they weren't right but if I l- keep looking I'll probably find a little little tiny crumb <laughs> that, where they where they were right on. Mm. Why not learn from that mm-hmm. rather than just cast away the whole experience as mm. though it was nothing? So my experiences mm-hmm. can be my teacher. Maybe I'm very I can be very impatient, uh, and I don't like that about myself really. Um, you know when you talk about uh, you're waiting for something to come up in the computer, you think your computer has to be the fastest one mm-hmm. in the world. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm not saying sometimes that, but it depends on, you know, if you're waiting for three hours, I'd say it's probably <laughs> past time to do something about it. But I'm talking about, you know, it didn't have to be, you know, sometimes I wasn't waiting even a minute. I wasn't waiting hardly at all. But it's like, what is it that causes the impatience? Mm-hmm. Or another thing, we ask our um, sisters in community, you know, to to go to the dining room, even if they have to use a, Walker or whatever, to, as long as they can, and yet I get b- I, behind someone with a walker, and I want to think, oh, I'll go do something first until <laughs> they're through the line. It's like I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Well, that if you, if we do, could just catch ourselves in those moments, those are all teachers. Mm-hmm. What is that? Why am I so impatient? Mm-hmm. Why do I? Th- I think I like, I'd like to be first in the line or last. Mm. Well, either one. If I'm first, I don't have to wait. If I'm last, I don't have to wait. <laughs> I remember my grandmother had this little thing on her in her laundry room, and it said, Lord, grant me patience, but hurry. And as a kid, I didn't understand it, but as an adult, I get it, you know? Yeah. Uh, right. So patience is a, just in traffic, mm-hmm. all of that, you know, the questions. That's where you, we need to ask ourselves questions. Why? <laughs> Why do now? There may be some moments where you have a legitimate reason to really need to get something. Mm-hmm. There's some kind of uh, emergency, but most of the time, it's just that I don't want to wait. So uh, all of those things can be teachers. Then mm-hmm. uh, some I talked about nature. One day while I was walking, taking my walk outside, it just came to me so clearly that everything in some way, small way, is the revealed face of God. Mm-hmm. That uh, I stand in a tree, it's like, like the eyes of God are looking at me through those tree leaves. Mm-hmm. So just stand there, just, just allow yourself to be shown upon. Yeah, mm-hmm. and to be seen. And to be seen. Like, and not that, judged. And not judged. Mm-hmm. You said you're a temple, not a courthouse. Yeah. Oh. Yes. And that, for both Anna and I, we were like, mm, we're a courthouse. Might be more courthouse than temple. <laughs> you know, we've ha- that is that is the saving grace mm-hmm. of God to us is that we can, and really, no one gets the harshest judgment mm-hmm. but ourselves. Yeah. And so to be, to be a temple, to be this, like, God holy flowing love, through God us all flowing the time through us. Yeah. yeah. This holy loved that God loves to be at home with us. Yeah, at home. I mean, home. yeah, home. It's it's it. What a gift! And and so even as we're curious about these teachers, the tendency I have is if I see an interaction that's gone wrong with friends, 
then I beat myself up for it. Yeah. Oh, what do I need to do to fix it? How do I, you know, bend over or, you know, try to absolve everything? And, um, and it's like, instead, I can let go. Mm-hmm. And I can do my own work knowing I'm loved and kind of, oh, maybe this interaction happened for these reasons, but I'm, I'm loved. Yeah. And I can let them do their work. And then we can try to reconcile. But it's not all on us yeah. to solve and fix and help and judge. And uh, it feels... And, and your awareness, your awareness of all that is a teacher. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, I, how did you get to be? All of a sudden, you have this uh, this moment of awareness mm-hmm. where you see the truth of whatever's going on mm-hmm. in this particular situation. That you know, that can be. Say, I could have, probably have more of those moments of awareness mm-hmm. if I change something. You know, mm-hmm. some little thing in my life, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. A change. Um, you can't really change. Well, you can't change anyone but yourself. Yeah. And even in in yourself, I like the word transform. Yeah. Better than change. Um, th- though, um, I don't know. Do you know the spiritual writer Anthony DeMello? No. Uh, he he died some years ago, unfortunately, and and he but he was um, he's from India, but. Uh, he oh the story he told mm. so many stories mm. and stories are wonderful teachers. And, oh, it's okay. Yeah, stories. Yeah. Oh, and, yes, because he was telling a story about um, someone who uh, who the, the the person who was talking said, you know, I I was neurotic, mm. you know, really neurotic and selfish and. Depressed and I wanted my own way, and, mm-hmm. and everybody kept telling me, you, know, you need to change. Mm-hmm. And he said, What hurt me the most, my best friend, you know, kept telling me, too, yeah, you need to change. And he said, And I, tr- I tried and I tried to change, but I couldn't. No matter how hard I tried, I couldn't change my behavior. And he said, One day my friend said, You know, don't change. I love you exactly the way you are. And he said, and I relaxed, and I came alive, and a wondrous marvel, I changed. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, the, the whole thing is that you sometimes we can't change until we feel we're loved That's mm-hmm. as we are. That's it. Even if we, you know, it's not that we don't want to change. Sometimes we don't know how to change. And I don't like really like the word change, but I, it, it's, it's okay on the God. Right. But then we can... Uh, it can be transformed into yeah, the word transform. And you, and you talked about the the word, or there was a poem, and then the song we listened to about congealing. That we mm. don't. That is the deepest fear, and that's really the deep. I don't know if we want to say even evil or, or yeah. That's that, that, that congealing. Uh, I, I got that from a, a novel I once read. I'm, it was maybe. It's a, you know I can't even remember what I thought about the novel, but that's the only thing I found written in my notes. It was called The Finishing School by mm-hmm. Gail Godman, mm-hmm. and and she said uh, that we think you know it's it's not really age oh, that, we age that we fear. It's not really our death. It's, that's not all we fear. What we ought to fear. Yeah, we we do fear. We do fear age. We do fear uh, yes, death. death. But. That's, but what we ought to fear is congealing. Yeah. 
you know, solidifying, yeah. like your gelatin or something. Because if you do, and that's when I wrote that prayer about, oh God, ever-changing God, mm. transforming God, you know, um, pre, you know, keep me from, mm-hmm. or I don't care, I, mean, I can't remember the words, but it was like, you know, protect me from yeah. congealing. Yeah. Don't let me congeal. Because that, that means like I'm finished. Right. This is just how I'm wired. This is just how I am. Yeah, this is how I am. Mm-hmm. So, so the idea, that's where I came up to with that idea, though, the flowing, that mm. the ever flowing, that mm-hmm. we are like a flowing stream. Mm-hmm. And uh, grace is flowing through mm-hmm. our lives, you know, uh, constantly. Mm-hmm. The ever, I, I talk about the, What's the name of my book? <laughs> the Flowing Grace of Now. The Flowing Grace of Now. Well, because that sounds like a con- con- contradiction because now it's finished before you even say it. And, and, but now, it's like, that's why I said all of our nows touch e- each other. Each, yeah. each moment is flowing into, into the, next. the next. But it's not... It's not just uh, static and mm-hmm. uh, life is flowing. That, mm-hmm. you know, that, that image of flowing, even a river, you know, the ri- flowing river or mm-hmm. the flowing stream mm-hmm. uh, is, is kind of, can be kind of gentle. It doesn't always have to be gentle. Sometimes it can be raging. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and sometimes we can be raging. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, uh, the brook, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, what, what makes... The brook sing. It's the obstacles in the brook mm-hmm. that make the music. Mm-hmm. You know the rocks. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's what. My, otherwise, it would there would be not much noise at all. Mm-hmm. Well, in our lives, sometimes it's the same thing. Sometimes the obstacles in our life, uh, even though we don't like those obstacles, but they kind of bring some music to our life too. Mm-hmm. That that's why I said you have to take them all out together and have a picnic sometime. <laughs> Talk to, to us. It's so true. It's so true. And they're all welcome. And, you know, like the table is wide, the Jan Richardson oh. you know, poem that you gifted. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, it's beautiful. Yes. The table is wide. And, you know, we, I didn't, I didn't always think that. And I didn't, and, and it almost felt like I didn't want it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it sounded like from your story that you really had an awakening. I have had several, so I don't think there's I don't think there's one moment and that changed too, because growing up in Southern Baptist Evangelical, you believe there is one time that you are saved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That one time that you come to Christ. And glory yeah. hallelujah. Aren't yeah. you aren't you different? You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like that resurrection is just gonna happen one time and, and then bam. And in my book, A Tree Full of Angels, you know, I talk about how salvation is a it's, process. It's a process. And I've learned uh, that. Yeah. But that's mm-hmm. not that yeah. all had to change because sure. then I thought, well, if we're all so transformed, why am I still stuck right. back here? Mm-hmm. And why do I keep kind of going forward and back? And then I realized, oh, we're we're falling forward. Oh. You know, we're, we are, it's like we're going around the same circle, but the circle's moving forward. Life is moving forward. Grace is moving forward and it's going somewhere good because God mm. is good. And just because you change or you're transformed or you, uh, that doesn't mean that, that there's not still not certain things that ha- are from your past right. life that are beautiful yes. and blessed. That's why I thank you for that song that you yeah. sang from your memory mm-hmm. of the, the hymn. Yes. Anytime some of those hymns, mm-hmm. you know, uh, can, can, they still speak to us. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. 
And that, that was I Surrender All. I Surrender All, yeah. Such I a powerful, it. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and we were, you know, given the gift of surrender. I think surrender and acceptance are those, are two teachers yeah. on the journey that make silence more bearable. Right. You know? Absolutely. That's if, beautiful. If I, can, if I can accept who I meet in the silence and I, mm-hmm. if I can surrender who I meet and, and what I'm, then all of a sudden the silence is transformed and, and I'm able to feel something different than just anxiety or... Yeah. Well, and the other, the, another gift... Or actually, this is very difficult for many people today, is commitment. Mm. You know, you kind of want to let all... Even when people sign up for retreats, <laughs> you want to kind of let all avenues open yeah. so they wait till the very last minute. Like I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you were already thinking about it. But I mean, that that does happen. Yeah. Well, maybe I will, maybe I won't. Maybe mm-hmm. you, I think you had your mind made up. Mm-hmm. You just... You were just procrastinating. <laughs> yes, I was. We're, we're sisters there. But, uh, I want to... Um, there's another line that I often use. I think I used it in that last retreat, and I don't even know if I can remember it now. I'm trying to think who it's from. I can't remember the author. Um, it says, The silence, oh, R.S. Thomas. Mm. The silence holds with its gloved hands mm. the wild, wild hawk, hawk of, of the, the mind. mind. You and did. Yes. Don't we all understand the wild hawk of the mind? Yeah. That's what, you know, how can I ever learn to be silent? Mm-hmm. Oh, how can I ever learn to be silent? Because that wild hawk of the mind is just oppressing me mm-hmm. and ask, sitting on me, asking me questions. And, um, and, but but li- listen to that. The silence holds in its gloved hands. It has gloved, soft, mm-hmm. gloved hands on to try to hold that, kind of like taming it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because there's something beautiful about the wild hawk of the mind also. Mm-hmm. But if the wild hawk of the mind takes over, mm-hmm. then we got problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The commitment. No rest, no peace. Right. Mm-hmm. The commitment. Um, I had a, there was a quote that you, um, we've talked about hurry being the enemy of joy. And then one of, and we've talked about all the different characters that were welcoming to the table. And what I love that you say, or that you said to us this weekend, and it may have come from somewhere, but. You said we've got to sing. Oh, sing yes. to our enemies. Yes. yes, sing to our animosity. Yeah, that just came from that beautiful little song, that flow river flow. Yes, flow over me. Uh, uh, you know, oh, living water. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus is the river of life, and mm-hmm. I love this symbol of water mm-hmm. and the flowing. It goes with the flowing. But if we can, and it doesn't have to be that song. But if we can find some kind of little chant or song that we like or make it up mm-hmm. and and sing uh, and sing to those parts of ourselves that we don't like yeah like the despair and, and the jealousy and the mm-hmm. envy and the disgust and hate and anger and bitterness whatever mm-hmm. it is and of course, you can sing to the joy and the hope too. Mm-hmm. Better sing to that once in a while. Very easier to sing to. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the others doesn't that make sense to it sing does. to yes. them? You can mm-hmm. sing. You know, maybe we're singing for their 
uh, transformation. That you know, what's what's if there wouldn't be bitterness there, there might be just love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, One of the scriptures that I think of is when King Saul was having his wild hawk of the mind moment, and it would get too crazy in his head. He would have little David come in and play him a song, mm-hmm. and it would quell all the inner turmoil that the king you know was having so David was just used as a you know little shepherd boy coming in to quell the king's anxiety Mm -hmm. but it is true um, in my life you know before I knew anything about trauma and working with trauma survivors and how important breath work is Mm -hmm. and song and dance and really truly like movement yoga finding space in the body so we don't become congealed even physically um, growing up, I've always sang. And so when I was eight years old, probably eight is the earliest, kind of the earliest memory I have of, of really he- like hearing myself sing and like it. Mm-hmm. Like I liked the way that I sounded. Yeah. And I had already been experiencing some childhood abuse and trauma. What I didn't know was that singing saved me. Um, Because what I was doing in those moments was regulating my breath. You know, because when you sing, you are slowing your heart rate. Yeah. You're slowing it down. It it is calming. So you see, singing can be a guide also, Mm -hmm. can be one of your teachers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's good. And and, And just listening, listening to song. Mm-hmm. Uh, those can all be teachers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's important. It is important. And you had said maybe singing is our way forward out of this, you know, because sometimes there's just so much, there's so many words mm-hmm. um, that feels very static and mm-hmm. black and yeah. white when you're reading articles and you're reading information. Mm-hmm. But there's something different that singing mm-hmm. brings. Uh, a lot of times if I'm feeling anxious or, you know, whatever, I'll go outside on the deck and sit down and I'll listen to the birds sing. Yeah. And it will calm me down yeah. so quickly. Yeah. Because I'm just listening to the wind. And, the, and I guess part of that is just being mindful and right. awake to what's mm-hmm. around me. Yes. But that can make the biggest difference just yeah. to hear the little birds sing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the last thing I want to just to bring up because this book I feel like is so important for where we are in our culture right now it's and it's three that you've laid out the book 365 right teachers or well 52 52. oh since it's a week not a day it's a week Mm -hmm. yeah I gotta stay with that teacher a week yes okay (laughs) I've gotta stay with the teacher a week okay so it's 52 teachers throughout the book and and you stay with the teacher and you're mindful and curious about what you're learning along the way um you said that there is a fire in you that comes from god and the world needs that fire and what i wanted you to kind of tell to everyone listening um because you've talked about in this retreat, self-care and love, really learning to love who we are mm-hmm. originally um, as God created us to be and and really just gift us with a benediction or a blessing or something to give our listeners that they would know that within them is a fire of God, a little flame that the whole earth 
can be warmed by. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just one thing, you know, it might be good to remember also that somehow fire also reminds me of the word enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Enthusiasm doesn't mean that you have to always just feel on top of the world. But if it means truly to be possessed with God, mm. it means that you you feel called to speak, you feel called to sing, you feel called to have hope, all those things that bring joy mm. to others. So I guess my prayer would be that, yes, that each of us could find not necessarily a bonfire. Mm. That might be too much. <laughs> but each of us could find you know, that, that little flame within us um, like, a, like a, a small candle burning in the dark that brings hope or like the fire on a cold winter night, the fire in the fireplace that's burning just enough mm. uh, to make us kind of mellow and, mm. you know, want to draw us there, that we all have that, you know. Sure, we light the candles and we light the sparklers and mm-hmm. and, and and we light the fireplace, but we have that warmth. We have that fire within us. And uh, we have to remember, not everybody can handle a bonfire. So, <laughs> so that's a, a call to be gentle. Mm-hmm. We have that, and we can, uh, in our own way, if we learn to listen, we need to listen to that flame, listen to that warmth, listen to that piece of burning hope that mm-hmm. wants to get out into the world. And uh, in our own way, in our own unique individual way, Believe that we can offer that to the world, but we're not going to be able to offer it to the world until we become comfortable with it in ourselves. So we have to sit with that flame. We have to sit with that, and part of that is the silence, because there's a fire in silence. It, it might not, it might feel like there's nothing in the silence, but the more you sit in the silence, you can experience mm-hmm. that flame of God's love. Mm. Well, thank you, sister. Well, what a gift and what, and what a, a gift. treat. And what a gift you are. And you know what? Sometimes people think, oh, nuns and monks and <laughs> ministers and preachers, you know, they're the ones mm-hmm. that are, you know, setting the world on fire. Well, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I see people like you, you know, your people... Mm-hmm. women in the world mm-hmm. that make a difference by your lives mm-hmm. and, and and sometimes people get nervous with you know monks <laughs> or nuns you know they just seem too holy or something uh-huh. they probably aren't they're just <laughs> striving like everyone else so do remember that and the, the other thing we might remember that many times people are in an audience where someone speaks mm-hmm. And they really like what they say, and they clap. Mm-hmm. There's a wonderful applause. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to reiterate that you think you're clapping for that person who was speaking, but or that musician who was singing, but in reality, you are clapping for that within you, which is so ready to mm-hmm. hear that message. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think that's really true. Mm-hmm. It is true. Because that person touched something in you, something that was waiting. Mm-hmm. Like that person's words were like a seed mm-hmm. that fell into the good soil of your heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's good. Well, we, you know, like I said earlier, you you did put us at ease with your candor <laughs> and your sense of self that you know you for for whatever misconceptions we have of course we're the two protestant riffraff you know coming we we didn't know what to do at first with some of the you know catholic traditions yeah. that we were invited into um but you were okay with yeah. that and you were not just okay. You Today so, she offered us I the know, bread. You did offer us bread. That was Thank just, you, sister. It did undo us a little I bit. Did. <laughs> yeah, being being here when Father, I forget his name, had accepted her, had offered the bread, you know, because of the Catholic tradition. Anna and I, if you're listening, we could not receive, you know, communion because we weren't of the Catholic faith. And Sister Macrina this morning came to us and just was so burdened mm-hmm. um, for all of us in our group who who were Protestant or n- no, I don't know what everyone mm-hmm. was, but who weren't Catholic. And and you offered us this beautiful story of courage, of will you t- will you eat the bread? And you offered us. Um, the body. You offered us the body. Well, and it was in a different way. In a different you know, way. I wasn't no. trying to put Father down at all. Oh, no, no, he, no. He's in a different position. But I wanted to bring another little ceremony where you could take the bread. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it was a gift. And that's what you said. This, it this yeah. spreads for everyone. Yeah. 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 And it was, a, it was really such a good story. I want to read that story. And, I do, too. And talk we need home. a copy of that. Well, I should... Um, what I'll try... You know, I actually want... I, I don't know where I got that story from. And which saddens me a little because I don't know. I try to be very responsible yes. about who the author is. I'm not sure if I know the author, and I have it on a menu. You know, it's I, I copied it, photocopied it, so I don't have it in my computer. But I've been oh, wanting to put it yeah. there because so that way I could send it to mm-hmm. you. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I, really, when I did it before, I knew it by heart. That was so long oh, ago. Yeah. I knew it by heart. It's a good one. Yeah, it's it a is really a good one because it's a, it's a, it's kind of a, like a little agape that mm-hmm. uh, everyone, no matter what religion, can yes. can be part of. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, we're thankful, yeah. and, and hopefully, we'll see you again down the road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Well, I hope you have learned something to hang on to throughout this week. I hope that you will be reminded that you have a fire in you, you carry a fire that the world needs to stay warm by. So um, if you want to find Sister Macrina's book, you can order it online, and we're going to post the link to that on our website. Isn't she on Instagram too? She is on Instagram. I do believe it's a private Instagram. But but you'll see her tagged on my post. Love Waco is my handle. Um, And then, of course, keep following us at Jesus Said Love. But I hope that you'll go purchase the book, The Flowing Grace of Now, and perhaps learn out of the 52 weeks of the year who your teachers are. 
Hey, thanks for joining the Jesus Said Love podcast. We are so glad you have chosen to awaken hope and empower change with us. We want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave us a review Yes, because your voice matters. It's how we get this message into the world. And lastly, be sure to follow Jesus Said Love on Instagram and Facebook for up-to-date info and visit the website at JesusSaidLove.com for how you can join the JSL fam. Until next time. Share the love.